Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Maddie, Jared, thanks for getting in on this little, I don't know, I don't know if I should call it a gem, should I? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tonight's I episode is Speed 2 Cruise Control. Yeah. From 1997. So we, we, we're closing out the Speed franchise. Yeah, just indulging. <laughs> we were just indulging you. We're indulging me because, again, once again, someone on this podcast said they hadn't seen Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'm still fucking dirty on that. Living. <laughs> yeah. Get that sorted, Maddie. <laughs> All right. Before we get into it, quick whip through of what we've been watching. Jared, have you got anything? I know we talked about this last week, so, you know, probably a fairly small group, but have you got anything you, you watched? Yeah, just slim pickings this week. I've mainly been sticking to The Wire again. And the other one that I watched is I um, had a look at the, the doco Outcry. Um, yes, so did I. Which was about the, yeah, the high school football kid that sort of out of the blue got hit with some pretty seedy assault charges. So, yes. yeah, I had, had a look at that. I don't know what we can, what more we can say about the, the American legal system, mate. It's just, I don't know, it's just beyond belief sometimes. Yeah, look, it's difficult to know, you know, because these things are always skewed in, in one particular direction and obviously this is more sort of pointed in his favour if you'd want to put it that way. But quite frankly, what's presented in the documentary, I just don't know how you even get to court with that. Whether he's guilty or not, I just don't know how you even get there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, ultimately, I, I, I believe that he's not, but you have to put a case together, and they didn't. <laughs> I think it's called evidence. Yeah, that's <laughs> there right. Seems to be, <laughs> to be no a severe lack of, of that. So, um, but yeah, it's yeah. an interesting watch. It's got a few twists and turns. But from the perspective of yeah, we've seen a lot of these, but the difference was the guy that got caught up in this one was very different to what you would normally see being caught up in this situation. But then yeah. also the the investigation, rather than being sort of hampered with or or they were stuck on one bloke, but they just didn't do anything. Yeah. The investigation was, there was just nothing. Exactly. And they just pinned it, it just on the bloke seemed, and moved on. It seemed that everybody was kind of working against him, yeah. you know, on that side. Prosecutors, police, you know, the Texas Rangers, all of that sort of stuff. Was he an obvious, to be the was he obvious candidate? Or did he deserve? No, he was wasn't. No, was, no. The obvious candidate. You know, without spoiling too much, there was an obvious candidate, but they never spoke to anybody. So it's really, really strange. Really strange. And the obvious candidate is, like, super obvious. There's there's physical things. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's, it's pretty clear, like, before you even get to it, you're kind of thinking, did they look at this bloke? And yeah. then when they get there and open it up, it's like... Okay, they didn't even bother to fucking go to the place where it supposedly happened. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the didn't thing. Didn't even go to the place where it happened. That's the thing. It's it's not implausible to believe he possibly could have done it or could have been involved at the time it was raised, right? Because it's a it's an allegation that's been made. But the fact is, it would seem 
that nobody looked into any of it. So there's no other alternatives in the initial investigation. It's just this guy. Must be him. So it feels it feels like they kind of just got blinders on and just decided, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Mm. But normally, and, I mean, you've seen that happen before, but they sort of skew the evidence or... or don't provide the you know the defence with with the evidence and try to be shady that way. This yeah. one didn't seem to fucking have any evidence, yeah. other than the word of of the the victim. Exactly. So look, yeah, it was it was difficult material and it was an interesting watch. I felt it could have been a one less an episode shorter. Yeah, I agree. I think there was a bit of lag and a bit of drag in there that you know these docos tend to get involved in is kind of like padding it out a little bit. Yeah, um, it finished really strongly. The the end of the last episode finished quite strongly. Yes. But the 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 fourth and fifth episodes probably could have been sort of stuck together. But probably could have chopped it out into and stuck one them together. Yeah. But overall I, I felt it was a it was a decent documentary. Yeah, it's pretty solid. And is there anything else from you, mate, or is that no, it? No, that was it for me. Matty? Me, uh shortlist as well. I finished uh I watched finished off knock knock. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Whoever wrote it's got some emotional problems. I don't know if there's a real moral to the story, but uh, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. Just I can't get, I just cannot get Keanu out of, out of my head. He's screaming out, you fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> he loses the plot. He loses it. The poor bloke. His whole life's falling apart. I don't, I don't blame him. And then just there's some funny twists at the end, like the, but um the girls, this just reminds me that the next generation is pretty annoying. It's the, it's the other thing I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's a big takeaway. I went and I watched uh, on your your guys' recommendation, I watched uh, the 2018 Halloween. Oh. Yeah, what do you think? I really liked it. I don't know why you'd complain about it. No, not at all. I can understand all the blow-ups. I thought it was pretty strong. There's... Although, you know, now you now you know what we're talking about with the Dr. Sartain and whatever he was doing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but the rest of the movie is like... It's a really strong entry. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. Absolutely. And I really yeah. like the, you know, the new take on Jamie Lee and putting it in the whole sort of... She's the, Look, it's shown a little bit of growth in the characters, you know, mm. and just the fact that uh, she's gone, she goes from being the, the, the crazy person in the actual movie, the crazy person, to being the person of knowledge. And I'm not sure if I'd want to barricade myself in a house, but uh, <laughs> she's, it's pretty, pretty entertaining stuff. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the most interesting stuff about that, and with regards to looking at the Halloween franchise, it's actually been a, a real um, godsend, basically, that someone like Jamie Lee Curtis, who's been a very good actress across her entire career in a lot of good films, has continued to come back to the, the series and actually bring something to it. Like, even yeah. H2O, she gives a really good performance in that and takes the character in a direction there as well. And that's the luxury of having someone who is a, a strong actress with a lot to offer mm. to, a, to a horror franchise. You know, Friday the 13th, for instance, doesn't have something like that. Mm. You don't but, get people back to yeah. look at a character years later and see some growth in that series. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely it's a massive shift from, from beginning to end. Uh, just how worn she is. I don't know why she doesn't catch a boat and move to Australia or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael's not, uh, Michael's not making it across the pod. <laughs> Who knows, me? <laughs> he, he can drive a car. He can do anything. He's, uh, he's yeah, all over figure it. figure it out. Yeah, he'll find a way. 
Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, that, that's it. Bit of reality TV in the background, but uh, nothing of note. I missed the last episode of The Bachelorette and didn't <laughs> care one little bit. <laughs> really? Uh, Disappointing, mate. You, let it, you, 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 you slogged your way through all of that stuff and you didn't get the final answers. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm not upset about it at all. <laughs> Jalen Brown didn't become the uh, the bachelor at the end of it after yeah. his guest appearance, so there was yeah. nothing in it for me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I had very little as well. I watched Outcry. I also watched that Jeffrey Epstein. Oh Doc yeah, Ad. jeez. I tell you what, mate, it doesn't look good for some high profile people. Mm. Oh, I felt bad. Um, you feel bad for the victims every time. Mostly. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you one thing I really did actually like about it. It was heavily... I mean, obviously, he is deceased, but it was nice. It was heavily... It was good to see a doco that was primarily concerned about the victim. And it's. I think it's good to educate everybody about, or like, the victim-blaming stuff. Uh, there's, there's no reason why that's... Uh, that, that's like that shouldn't be happening more. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was my that was the big takeaway sort of from it that I thought yeah. was good. Mm. Did, uh, is that the, the one other... where they, were they talking about the statute of limitations being shifted as a result of this, or was it is that a separate thing? I'd... Oh, it might have been. I can't quite might remember. Have contributed to it. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of this stuff coming out now between R. Kelly, Cosby, and Epstein. There's some. Yeah, there's some dodginess. There's some dodginess that's uh, sort of coming out where the people with power are sort of being questioned a lot more. Yeah. The only other things I watched is we watched the we rewatched the first episode, two episodes of Underbelly. Oh uh, yeah, the original one. Yeah, because uh, my daughter hadn't seen them, and she suddenly got this interest in oh yeah, what about what's this stuff in Melbourne? You know, mate, absolutely gold. Yeah. It's probably the best stuff Australian television's ever put together. It's up there. It's definitely good. And I'm, I still, absolutely... I'm still partial to a little bit of Blue Murder, but uh, they go they go yeah. hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like Blue Murder is fantastic as well. Um, I'll tell you what I love though. Vince Colosimo. There brilliant. is this, this yeah. absolutely piss funny moment where Alphonse gets arrested in the first episode, mm. and they're sitting in the. Um, it's on the front lawn. In the police. Or? Sorry? Is this on the front lawn? Yeah, he gets arrested. But, no, it's after that. Yeah, I think it's after that, the first incident. And so he's sitting in the police interrogation room and he's just reading this prepared statement about how, although I'd love to talk about this, I I would have to uh, wait till my barrister arrives. And then he just pulls out a fresh photograph of himself looking like pensive with his, you know, fist under his chin and he says, here's a new uh, photo for your records. <laughs> so this is funny, brilliant. But, yeah, I just thought the first two episodes, re-watching them again, I just thought, gee, this was very, very impressive. I was a bit concerned it was going to be, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen the series. I was a bit concerned it was going to be not up to par. But, yeah, it's really, really well done. Mm. It's good to hear it's and the last thing, Jared, you might be interested in watching this. I, I was listening to your podcast and they mentioned it. It's a short film sort of thing on YouTube called Rise of the Boogeyman. And it's this bloke who has taken all this footage from all the slasher films and kind of created this 
narrative with it. And he's kind of even done like color correction and all this sort of stuff, so it kind of melds together. It's very impressive. Hmm. Very I impressive. Have a look. Yeah, the guy he's got a few of them on there, including several that are like there's one I believe it I can't remember what it's called, but it's all these dance scenes stitched together and then the Terminator just rocks in and starts shooting everyone. <laughs> That sounds even better. <laughs> so yeah, so he, he, there's a lot of efforts gone into them, and it's, yeah, they're only about 14 minutes long. So yeah, definitely worth a look. All right, that's me covered. Let's take a break, and here's the trailer for 1997's Speed Two Cruise Control. Somebody find the captain. The captain is dead. This summer. There's no changing course. He's turning us right into the island. I am never leaving the house again. No slowing down. Shut up the shit. We're getting crashed. And no getting off. Oh, man. Because on June 13th, rush hour hits the water. Speed 2, cruise control. How do you like your vacation so far? PG-13, rush hour hits the water June 13th. Speed 2, cruise control from 1997. Directed by Jan de Bont, who directed Speed and The Haunting. It's produced by Jan de Bont, Steve Perry, not the lead singer of Journey, mind you. <laughs> He's a producer who did True Romance and Under Siege 2, and Michael Pazer, who produced Ruthless People. The story so is by me, Jan you're de Bont. Telling me Steve Perry has Speed 2 and Under Siege 2 on his resume. <laughs> Yep. So he's just helped to trample on a couple of promising action franchises there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If only it was the lead singer of Judy. <laughs> He'd probably be a better producer. Oh. Pretty sure you stopped believing, Adam. <laughs> the story's by Jan de Bont. Do we, are we seeing a pattern here? <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. And Randall McCormack, who wrote Blue Crush 2 and Scorpion Kings 2 and 3. The screenplay is by Randall McCormack and Jeff Nathanson. Now, Nathanson has written some actual decent films with Catch Me If You Can and Rush Hour 2. Maybe I'm being slightly, you know, (laughs) I'm going overboard by calling Rush Hour 2 a decent film. Now, it's based on characters created by Graham Yost, who wrote Hard Rain and The Last Castle. It stars Sandra Bullock as Annie, Jason Patrick as Alex Shaw, Willem Dafoe as John Geiger, and Tamawira Morrison as Giuliano. The budget was a fucking astronomical $160 million. (laughs) And it made $164 million worldwide. And Keanu Reeves was offered a... Hefty $12 million pay packet to come back, he proceeded to say no. That's Chappelle territory. (laughs) (sighs) I believe, Adam, uh, out of that $160 million budget, 25 of it was on the boat destroying the dock. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I think they actually built the boat from scratch too. Yeah, they built portions onto another boat, I think. Jeez. You yeah. could have CGI'd it for twelve bucks these days. Yeah, yeah, there'd be a lot. Oh, of, these days, piece of cake. A lot of lot of differences there. 
All right, what are, we, what are our thoughts on this? Maddie, you came, you, came, you were a late inclusion here. You thought you weren't going to get here, but you whipped this out fast. I what did. What would I, you take? I forked out $5 too much for it. No, it was, um, look, it's the, <laughs> the, the, the title's deceiving for the slowest movie ever. But, uh, <laughs> hey, look, I like, I like, I liked William Defoe. Willem Defoe, I reckon he's great. He's got a funny head. And he uses it to full effect in this. I like Sandra Bullock. They didn't use her properly in this at all. Some of the other actors were useless. But it's got UB40 in it. So, True. two and a half stars. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Settle down, Roger Ebert. <laughs> cool your jets. I think you need to drop an anchor and fucking slow down. <laughs> no, no, what are you the, on? Look, the truth is I switched off for about 30 minutes in the, the dead section in the middle on this and was watching some uh, plastic surgery doco that my wife had on in the background. I saw a pair of boobs. Maybe that's half a point there. Trust me, mate, that half hour was going to sink the score at least one to one and a half points. Uh, two and a half? What's UB40's take on this two and a half? Like, they're, they're at least a point. Their... They're at least a point. I got a great laugh when they popped They don't up. even sing red, red, wine. <laughs> yeah, but they sing their second biggest hit. Actually, it might be their biggest hit. Uh, uh... <laughs> Two and a half. Jesus. Jared, bring some sanity back to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, right. I think I'm... <laughs> Look, I haven't got many action movies to compare it to. I haven't seen Lethal Weapon 2. Give yeah, me a break. Oh, you haven't seen Lethal Weapon. Jeez. You'll give, you'll you give Lethal Weapon... Speed two. You'll give Lethal Weapon an eight. If <laughs> I think I'd be generous giving it a one. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. <laughs> I, too enjoyed, I too enjoyed UB40 showing up. Uh, <laughs> Willem Dafoe is, I think, even with a shit character, he gives the appropriate kind of, you know, giggle-inducing fucking menace in this. He hams it up. He hams he? it up a bit. That's about all I can, all I can <laughs> see here. There's not much else to go for. It is so, it's so boring. The action sequences—they uh, don't do anything for you. They, the the <laughs> schemes that come out are just ridiculous, but not the ridiculous on the level of an action movie that you like. Yeah, so silly, but I'm just going to roll, roll with this it. and really enjoy it. It's just you look yeah. at it and go, "Oh, fucking hell!" and just roll your eyes and <laughs> just get punished for the for the two hours. <laughs> every single every single time you think, "Oh, this might be ending," they come up with a different yeah, way to extend one. it for another ten minutes. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So one star. One star. Yeah. Well, I'm going to join you on one star. I too like UB40. And <laughs> With a different set list. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give me their best, but it's enough. <laughs> and Defoe knew what this was. I think he's the only person who may have known this is lunacy. And I'm just going to go right off the off the deep end. Well, mm. I think Sandy did eventually. In hindsight, yeah, I think Sandy yeah. Sandra did, but she got Sandra bored of it did, halfway but she through. She just got nothing to work with. Yeah, she got nothing to work with. They, they push um, her right in the corner, right? Like she doesn't yeah. do anything. Mm. And I got some I got some things to say about that, which I touched on briefly when we watched it, Jared. But 
the more I think about it, the more I think I don't really know why we couldn't have put her as the hero because Patrick does nothing, like nothing, you know, physical. Hang on. He's LAPD. Yeah, but it doesn't matter <laughs> to me. It had no bearing on any of it. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, feel, I even feel sorry for Jason Patrick because I just don't think he was given anything either. No. Well, as you said, that bit of trivia where he uh, he uh, asked for hefty rewrites and turned up on day one to no rewrites but a contractual <laughs> obligation. <so. laughs> I mean, got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just sign this. Sign this and we'll get some credit for stitching him up. Sign this and I'll jump right on the typewriter, Jason. We'll have it ready for you. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, mate. We'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt sorry for him, but his character is just got nothing to work with, and unfortunately, he doesn't have what the action stars of that period had, mm. which is that charisma and that screen presence, and even you know, not people knock Keanu Reeves as an actor, but one thing he does have is he's very, very good on screen. Like he's got a presence on screen, and unfortunately, Jason doesn't have that. The action scenes are boring. The film is slow. The <laughs> alleged excitement is just non-existent. It's a real shit fest. And honestly, this is the worst kind of sequel. This is the kind of thing where a studio thinks, oh, we've got 90% of the cast back. We'll bring back some of the crew. We'll throw $160 million at it. It's got a recognisable name. People will flock to this. Yeah. And thankfully, people didn't. I did. Because we would have had Speed 3. <laughs> Except think, us. We all paid five bucks a pop. I think Jared uh, paid for it twice. No, no. I think uh, I think my dad took me to see it in the cinema. One of the few times we actually oh, went to he? a movie and he's fucking taking me to this. So no, no wonder I didn't <laughs> so go to the movie. So the end of the movies again with him? <laughs> no. Not, not often. I went to Lord of the Rings with my dad. He fell asleep in the first <laughs> 20 minutes. He loved it. <laughs> He loves it. It was the best nap he's had in years. <laughs> it was uh, audibly snoring. It that was, was a long movie. That was a long movie. I think you would need a kip to get through it. Yeah. yeah. The first 15. First 15. <laughs> it feels like it feels like we've covered the likes in our opening statements. <laughs> yeah, but I think let's we have. Just, oh, come for, on. For, for, shit, for, for pure, yeah, the sake of having any likes, what did we have? Tackleberry's wife was in it. Tackleberry's wife? From Police Academy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Shit. She was, she was on the table. She was freaking out. I mean, out. I don't know my Police Academy films well. <laughs> um, the, how about the leeches? Was that a like or a dislike? Oh. I thought that was one of the funniest quirks of a character I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I had a bit of a laugh at that. It was such a blatant attempt to have that kind of quirk yeah. to a villain. Him talking to the leeches was hilarious. It was, yeah, very silly. <laughs> The funniest thing for me about UB40 was when you saw him there, it was like, oh, yeah, it's good to, good to see this in the movie, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a cameo for these guys. But then in my head I was thinking it's kind of like uh, almost like following their career trajectory. Like we've got UB40 <laughs> playing a cruise ship. Like that's kind of after, after the Sliver soundtrack came out and they were on top again, they gradually sort of drifted down. So by 97, that was a, a distinct possibility. <laughs> well, <laughs> that playing was, a high-end cruise yeah. ship. <clears throat> what, next step, school discos or something. 
That was not well, party bus. <laughs> party bus in there somewhere. Yeah. You know. But yeah, look, that was kind of where they belonged. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. By that stage of their career. But you're a harsh man. I'll tell you mate. what, though, I'm giving them some raps. They're alike for me. Mate, they'd have been down at the uh, Hellenic Club playing with Roachford on the deal with Roachford. They? <laughs> if they could sell more than 10 tickets. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you, Roachford, Roachford would have sold more than 10. They would have gone yeah. to at least 15 to 20, I think, for Roachford. <laughs> So you before he gets a lot for me because I was genuinely excited when I saw him. Yeah. So I got a boost. I definitely got a boost. I thought Defoe's use of the golf clubs was pretty funny too. (laughs) How is that? Especially when he I'm going to sneak on my bomb. I'm going to sneak on my bomb. I'm going to do it with my golf clubs. Yeah. I love the way he comes out the first time we see him. Look. I'm about to get very upset. <laughs> Where are my golf clubs? <laughs> In front of the uh, the the main characters, it's like yeah. here. <laughs> this is the this is the MacGuffin. Yeah. Look at this the guy. Golf club. Yeah, uh, me and you, Adam, of course, were laughing that you know he's uh, Geiger really took the exploding golf golf ball prank to the next level, didn't he? He had fucking <laughs> nuclear golf clubs and <laughs> all sorts of shit. He's got he he got the exploding golf ball on the. <laughs> On the last golf trip and thought, right, I'm going to stitch this bastard up. I'm going to give you, you, mate, a a club that's going to fucking... It's a fucking C4-shaped golf ball. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, what, though? I could just see it. One of the the, um, staff has taken his clubs for a quick hit on the the outdoor driving range. (laughs) And you hear Geiger as as this guy's teeing up. Not the fucking seven iron. (laughs) Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Put that fucking wedge down. Like he's sort of, yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, someone taking it for a swing. You just hear Geiger going, have you found my golf clubs? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that was them, I think. <laughs> Did anybody anybody like the sea captain that was the guy from Star Trek? <laughs> I didn't even pick up on it. It was like, it just had that, the Irish, the really strong Irish accent. Yeah. It was sad oh, as that like, bloke. Giving it all she's got, Captain. Just waiting oh, for it. Yeah, no, oh, I didn't, yeah. Uh, he just starts yelling. I was about to think about that. <laughs> you know what, though? The only genuine like for me, and again, I think people can kind of take this or leave it, but it, it's Defoe. Yeah, he's great. He's the only thing that had me laughing and kind of every every movie made, I was kind of intrigued by his stupidity. <laughs> it's fair enough. Look here, and Defoe, even though he's, you know, this is a shocking character and it's not a great performance from him, but he's, he's such a good actor, even his shit's pretty decent. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, so, I mean, they could barely muster up the effort to rewrite the fucking character from the first movie. I mean, it's another yeah. disgruntled ex-employee. Like, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's a pretty terrible character. But as you said, he can bring you what you sort of require from it. And when a movie's kind of this bad, the fact that he's kind of sneering and mugging <laughs> is sort is okay. See, <laughs> I sat kind of, there and I was picturing him. Like, he, he gave it, like, an Oscar-winning performance and they said, no, nah, that's horrible. You need to go back and do this again. I need yeah. more ham, bigger eyes, yeah. more teeth. <laughs> I just, Will, just smile on one side of your face. That looks great. I need, I need a louder cackle. That's a, yeah. That's a, that was, that was my, my picture of what had happened on the set. Yeah, it just... 
don't know. It was enjoyable in in a movie where there there wasn't much to enjoy. I mean, even Sandra Bullock, not you know, not to go too too far into it too early, but she's a great actress too, mm. and gets yeah. saddled with absolute shit to work with. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, she's working hard to give us all that exposition at the I mean, beginning of it. <laughs> Tamara yeah. Morrison, I really enjoy Tamara Morrison as an actor. Mm. He's just fucking fumbling his way through absolute rubbish. Give like him nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of attempts to put jokes in there that just didn't quite land. <laughs> Except I mean, the one at the end it. where he goes, I think I broke my other arm. And then the guy pats <laughs> him on the him side. On the side. Oh! <laughs> yeah. That was gold. <laughs> he says... <laughs> Is it, have you guys got any other likes? Or is it just you, B40, and Will no. and Devoe? I cracked yeah, up it. it. I cracked it. up every time the guy said, I'm LAPD. I'm LAPD. He said it like, that's all right. You can, whatever you have to say, just understand I've yeah. got more authority than you because I'm LAPD. Yeah, but we're well out of there, mate. We're not there <laughs> yeah. anymore. The guy was like, this is a what cruise the hell are in the Caribbean? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I actually, like, I've got two sort of half likes. One, I think, was just because we had had so much before it that just wasn't doing the job that when he went underwater with the propeller, I was kind of yeah. like, oh, well, at least he's in danger. At least he's in <laughs> yeah. some danger here. I didn't mind that. And the second one was the effects. I thought the effects were pretty good, mm. especially when they're crashing through the, 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 the town. Or well, the, that was the all port. pretty practical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all pretty so, practical, and I believe it was all – it was so expensive and so, you know, such a huge scale that everything was one shot. Everything was one take, mm. and it it looked pretty impressive in the end. Mm. Yeah. While we're, sitting in, while we're sitting in the middle of likes and dislikes, what are your thoughts on the cabin boy? <laughs> oh, oh, that bloke. Fuck then hell. just fucking <laughs> hides in the closet or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah he gets whacked in the head and fucking ends up in the closet. <laughs> I think he belonged there, and I could have done with him staying in the closet for the rest of the movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I was like, you wouldn't, you'd miss him though. Like, if you were on a cruise ship, you'd be like, uh, I don't think I would. You'd be like, where is that bloke? Because he hasn't annoyed me in about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the idea of that character so much, but he yeah. was just. They couldn't annoying. execute it, yeah. yeah. I will throw a slight bone, but again, it's one of these things where it's like, it was good in theory, but in practice, it was shit. The idea of setting something like that on a cruise ship had some merit. Yeah. It actually would have been okay. And it's interesting to think that in the trivia that it says that this was the original idea for Die Hard 3. Yeah. But that would have worked with John McClane because you put goons on there. Yeah. And he takes them out. It would have worked. I mean, Under Siege is well, very right. similar. In Under Siege setup. is very similar, and Under Siege goes pretty close to working very well. So I think with a, a John McClane-style setup rather than this one, it, they would, <laughs> things would have changed. And as you said, there would have been goons, there would have been yeah. that stuff that we, we lacked in this one. The villain working solo is just ridiculous because it's such a big project for him to have no support and no help in it. And then, like, side things where he's like, oh, well, I'm going to chase some jewels as well while I'm here. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was just stupid. But, I mean, he, he knows computers, so. <laughs> Those computers like, are pretty what, He doesn't need any help. <laughs> yeah, they were leaning on that shit way too hard. Uh, you know, the yeah, idea I mean, that the computers were shutting his, everything down. His Wi-Fi was pretty good. His plan comes yeah. crashing down if old mate that fucking wandered into the room and saw the computers just happens to be able to throw a punch. Like, 
essentially. Because, yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? And then sees the golf club swinging and fucking Jogging. lands an uppercut or something. That's why I said he needs to be in the shadows. Like, you yeah, know, if, if you had the same character, but things started going wrong and you didn't know where it was coming from, it would be much more compelling. And then if you find yeah. out in the end, you start getting clues. It's just one bloke working alone. Or if you had an inside and- man in the in the bloody one of the... I mean, there was fucking three blokes driving the ship. Yeah. You had an inside man or something like that. I don't know. But, it's just something. Or if he was taunting them over the radio or something and then but you're revealing what, what about on. even the double cross? Like the idea that, as you said, Maddie, you don't know who the villain is and the shit hits the fan. Mm. And even with a Willem Dafoe in it, if you put him, if you put Dafoe in the, in the group or whatever, or even put him almost like the heroic character, you could use a double cross. Yeah. I but mean, even, I mean remember, Defoe seemed like it was so blatant from the start that you almost expected something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. it, so, it was just served up on a platter from, from minute one. It wasn't compelling. There's yeah. no depth to the character at all. There was no rising action. Come on, give us a twist here. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of a... There was no, like, there was no, uh, he's a good guy, he's a good guy. He's, uh, uh, actually, there's some... Hints that he's a bit crazy. Yeah, it yeah. just was. It was just like him creeping around in the background, like a Scooby Doo character or something. <laughs> yeah, it was silly. I mean, I look at something like Die Hard Two, that takes that similar approach with John Amos's character. Yep, the counterterrorism guy turns up. He's a great bloke. He gets he he gets on McLean's side, and then he switches. Yeah, and that works a treat. It does. They, they, they needed to look at th- angles like that to spice this up a little bit. Mm. But yeah, after was- Jason Patrick told him to make some changes, they thought, fuck yeah, <laughs> this no, is what no. you're getting, brother. Yeah, yeah. The ink's drying, buddy. Fucking bad luck. <laughs> it was so oh, poorly shit, I've written. already sent it off to the printer, mate. Okay, they can fix it now. <laughs> it was so poorly, poorly written that the characters, like you could see what they were trying to do and they're like pulling stuff from different movies, but it just yeah. didn't work because the... They didn't have any good lines and they weren't doing anything interesting and right, the no. villain we've, wasn't we've compelling. We've already kicked off with kicking the living shit out of it, so yeah. let's get into the dislikes here. Yeah. <laughs> first things first, I mean, Yandabont was a, a damn good director. You know, Speed is, a, is an absolute masterclass in how to ratchet up the tension and, and get you excited. Even Twister, which is shit, but it had its moments of excitement. Mm. But he seems to have forgotten how to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, he had so many. So he seems to have had so many jobs. Maybe he fucking forgot to do one of them. I don't know, like or, or multiple <laughs> yeah. by the looks of it. Like, yeah, it just seems that. I mean, the action scenes are really stale. The camera work is that kind of shaky kind of poop that I think was kind of permeating action films in the ninety late nineties. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he, just, he had a producing credit, didn't he, on this one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Producing, think, writing, they, and directing. They turned up on day one, and they they had to remind him, "Yeah, and you fucking you're writing and directing too, aren't you?" Oh, what? I? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened. <laughs> I am not doing all three jobs. <laughs> oh, what is this shit? For it feels like you're too much on his plate. Well, for a guy that directed Speed. To see the action sequences that we got in this, that just they don't, the heart doesn't even flutter briefly. Like it's just, 
It's so boring. The action scenes mm. were, were criminally fucking boring. Even the non-action scenes Even were the, boring. Yeah. yeah. It's just- I'm pretty sure my heart stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching One it thinking. I was watching it thinking. I just wish uh, wish the boys were on the writing team. When uh, Alex got seasick, he'd, he could have at least shit his pants or something. Yeah. There were so many opportunities <laughs> for... <laughs> Absolutely. Entertainment. Then. It would have been far, a far better movie if Gastro had a swept the ship. <laughs> that was what that we're battling against. That would have been against. funny. <laughs> we know cruise ships are the toilet of travel. That's right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you when you're, uh, I know when your heart stopped, Adam. It was the first time you saw Defoe with that hairdo and the, you know, <laughs> the shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that. No. We did not talk about that in our likes. We should have oh, probably yes. positioned this in our likes. But they have got him as kind of like sex appeal to five yeah. or something. They've sexed up to five for sure. <laughs> when he first walks out in a polo shirt uh, and he's got that hair and the spanky white teeth and the chino pants, I was just like, what's going on? What have they done here? And one of the first things he does is he's chatting up Sandy at the bar and then leering at her as she walks off and Patrick's getting jealous. Mate, you you should be jealous because look at the guy. (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah, I've got a sweet... um here on the on the ship, if you'd like to come back, <laughs> yeah, I believe you, Chris, did Willem de fuck. <laughs> yeah, I did. Willem de fuck. That's it. <laughs> Guaranteed. The second I saw him, I knew he was down to fuck. I tell you that much. <laughs> well, he was putting he was putting his best foot forward. Poor old Alex had uh, socks and sandals on. Oh, he was putting something <laughs> forward. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did Alex have socks and sandals on? Oh yeah, you, you might need to go back and watch it again. <laughs> this is why your right. score was so low. No wonder he was struggling to find her on the ship. Yeah, that's right. She saw Defoe and had, so, you know, this or socks and sandals. You know, it's not even a choice. Yeah, I'm going to go play Nine Holes, she told me. <laughs> Willem saying, oh, look, I only need one hole, darling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh dear! I, I couldn't stop laughing though. I just I couldn't help it. Every time I saw him on screen, I was I, I was convinced that somebody had tried to sex him up. He'd gone into hair and makeup, and I was thinking, yeah, what can we do here? That was, was definitely was, look, that one straddled the likes and the dislikes. It was pretty funny. I must did, admit, I got like... some good good laughs out of his actual look. I told you he looked a bit like Robbie Neville, nineties <laughs> 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 hair crooner Robbie Neville. <laughs> like, he Jesus did. Christ, he did. All right, back to back to Yard the Bond's foibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the directorial work is just shit, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy was a cinematographer on Die Hard, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. So he's a bloke who should know what makes great action sequences. Yeah. Well, he's the you... cinematographer on probably the best action movie ever, and he's the director of one of the best action movies of the 90s, mm. if not one of the top five of all time. And he seems to have no idea what he's doing here. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting the sense. Taking some credit where it wasn't due, maybe. 
I'm getting some sense that he, this was kind of foosted upon him. If you read the some of the trivia, it sort of says that he was contractually obliged to make a second one. Yeah, I think he said, uh, I think they said he had no, he felt that there was no sequel in it. Mm. But, yeah, once again, the ink's dry, yarn. So, <laughs> <laughs> no reason to yeah, give a shit job. I've got right? your contract here. Well, Sandra Bullock's uh, yeah, the same, yeah, right? She only, she only agreed to it because the studio promised that she could do a different movie that she wanted to make. Yeah. Hopefully, get the money to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I'm not interested. Yeah, sorry, Yarn. Your plane ticket's booked, so we'll fucking see you on Sunday morning. Like, it's just. <laughs> it's already done. Funnily enough, Adam, yeah. it was also the. the DOP on uh, Leonard Part 6. So. <laughs> so that's where he got these moves. Yeah, that's where he got these ideas. Jesus Christ. Look, but he's had a very decent career. But he this, has. You would not know that this was directed by the same bloke. No, probably not. This is not. so generic. This could have been directed by any anybody, mm. which is disappointing. And, like, for a, a movie that was... Pretty much on paper, you're probably looking at it and thinking, gee, this is not good. You need to spice the action up. Mm. Like, you need to blow us away with a heap of heavy-duty action scenes. And there was none. (laughs) Sandra Bullock. I'm a huge Sandra Bullock fan, and I'm not going to kick her for this this particular film because that's I don't believe it's her fault. But her character, they've turned her from sort of tough, resourceful, character in the first film into just a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty much. They took all she, the She basically the hampers the guy. Out of it. Yeah, yeah, well, they took the, the... In the first film, it was sort of quirky, that nervous energy, kind of charming. In this yeah. one, it's just... She is. She's just painful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and the first thing we see is her just being a fucking oblivious... Absolute pain in the ass in that driving test. Oh. Then seeing seeing her partner and getting upset about what he's doing for a living. Then he fucking springs a, a nice cruise <laughs> on her, and she gets upset about that. Then oh, man, that was just... funny. I liked it when he's uh, on the job. He just keeps the tickets in his pocket just in case. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I know I'm do. gonna get busted. I know yeah. I'm gonna get busted by one day. I better yeah, get yeah. some tickets handy. He gets uh-huh. the he gets the bloody bulletproof vest on, leaps on the bikes, and then think, "Oh shit, I might run into it around town somewhere, so I better just tuck the tickets in there as well." Like, yeah, I don't know what was that going exposition there, but... is just diabolical too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All of that stuff is just so badly handled. It's so clumsy, and they, they couldn't have found a worse way to to bring up the the Keanu Reeves not being in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and Sandra Bullock is such a likable presence. And to take yeah. such a likable actress and such a likable character from the first film and turn them into that is just unforgivable. They make her immediately. They make her seem like an idiot because she's unaware of what's going on in her own life. Yeah, and then and she's accepting of it. She's not angry. She's like, "Oh well, you bought me a holiday. I'm happy with that." Yeah. So they straight away take take the power out of her hands. And yep. she just has to roll with whatever's going on because she's going out with the bravest man ever. But they also, they, they also <laughs> packaged up in all that. They start the movie on such a wrong footing because it's like you wanted Keanu and, and Sandra Bullock. So when you can't have them, to explain away Keanu not being there with yeah. you know a couple of really bad lines, 
then throw in a character who is so clearly barely rewritten. Like, yeah. it, it's essentially if Keanu had it turned up, this would have been him. Yeah. But it's when added the scene at the beginning. Up, yeah, when he can't turn up, it's the same character, basically. Yeah. But just with a few lines changed around, the movie just starts completely on the wrong foot because you just immediately yeah. don't want Jason Patrick in the movie. Yeah. You want Keanu in the movie. Yeah. That brings me to Patrick. He just doesn't have the charisma. And, again, mm. I don't want to knock him because, again, I don't blame him. I don't think this. he's a bad actor. He's just no. terribly miscast. Oh, he was so but boring. this yeah, isn't he him. He doesn't have like anything in- defining about him as a character. I mean, even in a bad Arnie movie, we've got Arnie's traits and he's, you know, he's a massive yeah. unit. He's got the accent that is, is just, oh. you know, we associate with him. Same with, with Sly and Willis. They've got their little quirks that we, we know by now. Yeah. Patrick just couldn't, he just didn't have anything there. There was no comedy. There was no, no. couldn't raise an eyebrow to show an emotion. Like, it was just boring. But see, in 97... I'll knock him. I don't mind knocking him. If you'd have put Stallone, Willis or Arnie in this movie, even with this shit script, it would have then been tailored to accommodate them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because everyone knew these guys are getting your bums on seats. So better take a few weeks to... The ink has stopped drying. Let's go <laughs> backwards a little bit and change a bit of this yeah. for them. Yeah. Because that's what makes them, well, on screen, what they, we're after. They were seasoned players when the big dollars were, were, were on offer, mate. They would say, yeah, but just let my script doctor have a look at that. Thank you. <laughs> and then I'll sign it. Jason Patrick inked up the deal and then said, uh, so about this script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> yeah. we'll, Patrick we'll had RSI. <laughs> he he must have. shit before it even bloody got... <laughs> He must have asked. He didn't even let his lawyers look at it. Yeah. yeah, he must have asked him to take the cons shoes out of the script. That had no oh, place yeah. being there. No, that made him look like a twit. Were they the Chuck Taylors? Yeah, Chuck Taylors. Yeah, get that shit out of there. <laughs> that was useless and annoying. Oh, he's, he's he's cool. He wears Chuck Taylors with a suit. No, he's a dickhead. He could have had the, could have kept the socks and sandals <laughs> well, on at that point. Yeah, <laughs> in his dinner suit. Look but, down. I'm not going to knock Patrick because I think he is given nothing. No. Like, and this is coming to a major point that I, I mentioned when we were watching it, Jared, and we sort of ummed and ahed whether it could be done, but the more I think about it, the more I think it could should have been done, is Sandra Bullock should have been the hero because Patrick does nothing that she couldn't have done. Yeah. Not as I a cop know. or not as a... You know, special forces or whatever. I mean, that we seem to be tied to that shit in the nineties. I don't know if that. I just. I don't know if that would have worked though. Like it, it just. Even in the first movie, it wasn't her character. It Agreed. Was. But when you don't have Reeves, and then you're shoehorning this Reeves light into it. But they're not. That's this what is the made. Thing. Ha- they were half of the problems. This is the thing. The script. It was Reeves, and it so clearly is still the same script with a few changes mm. that. You know, it's lazy. It's, it's it is lazy, but I also don't think I don't know if anything would have been solved by her steaming around the ship doing doing what Jason Patrick was trying to we do. We all know what would have fixed it: make Defoe Alex, <laughs> and everything <laughs> sorts itself everything's, out. Everything's fixed. 
But then who's the No, vote? I actually do <laughs> like your idea. <laughs> I actually like your idea, Maddie, and that is we don't know who Geiger is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, or you don't know who Geiger is or you get another charismatic performer on there who, as you said, Adam, might do a double cross or whatever, but you've got someone else on screen to carry a few scenes. Like, Well, I don't know about it's you, like, mate. It's but... like uh, Under Siege, mate. You've got Tommy Lee Jones and, and Busey. To, yeah. do the, to do the heavy lifting because we know Seagal can't. So they yeah. got sort of a little bit of that with Defoe, but then, I don't know, the, the Defoe character was just really terrible and got stuck on his own. And I'll tell you what I would have loved, and it would have given Sandra Bullock something to do, if Patrick was the double cross. Yeah, maybe. It puts her in the, the position of tr- in trouble but mm. having to find a way out of it. Against I just don't, but then it would take away that just, awkward kiss underwater know, yeah. when he saves her. <laughs> I just don't think that's the character. The first movie was was where it, where it worked beautifully. I just don't know. I mean, they ramped, they tried to ramp up the character, and she was super annoying, even in a sidekick role here. Mm. Like the way that they they'd done it here wasn't going to work anyway. But I just I don't know this this, this character's not the not the the hero. She's not the one that's leaping off. Saving a fucking boat full of falling people and stuff like that, so the movie yeah. becomes entirely different. Yeah, that's true. But again, this movie is absolutely shocking. So I know it's <laughs> shocking, but you ca- you don't have, have those sequences because yeah. even in the first movie, that's not who she was. She's not given the opportunity to develop into that. No, at all. Yeah. But I mean, even they would have had to do some pretty heavy rewrites to find a way to get to that. Even from speed um, one to speed two, she's not the person in that position. She didn't want to be it. in the first movie. Like she, we probably know, weren't in the nineties. We were not having it female heroes good. either. Yeah. You know, I, like, I don't think it's uh, female yeah. action heroes. I, I don't. Whereas have today, a, Charlize Theron does it fucking regularly. Yeah, but even then, it's a different thing. Annie in Speed One was re- was reluctant. She was there, and she proved to be huge in the end. But she required that sort of bump along. Even in the first one, it's not what she wanted. So the movie would have been ridiculous putting her in that situation anyway. A Charlize Theron and a Furiosa and those sort of characters, they are right up for it. You know, they're, they're yeah. in it. And they work beautifully. It's not a male-female thing. I think it's just the type of character that she was in the first one. The second one, trying to ramp at her up to hero hero character in the, this, this kind of setting, it would have been just as ridiculous as it was here. I disagree. So no, I, I, I'm not saying Patrick was if, good. I'm not saying that no, at but all. If, but but the Annie got, character, like, in what situation can you imagine it being a good movie, Annie going, oh, I've got to go and fucking save a boat full of people? It's just, it's just silly. I know. She steps up. Because the thing is, the, the boat, because she's not fighting with Geiger. Because mm. he doesn't fight with Geiger. Like, there's no punch-ups or shootouts or anything like that. Essentially, her role, she could have done some of the similar things that he did. She could have, but the, I mean, the character as it stands is insulting. I mean, she does nothing. As she does is. absolutely nothing. But I just Other think, than a chainsaw moment. I just think this, the Annie character, and here's where the problem is with a speed sequel, she's not the one to, to do that stuff. Her to be in that situation again is too it's, unlikely. Yeah, and she's, she's almost the same. Um, she gets sidelined even more in this one, and she's, as I said, it's kind of insulting. She's there, she, she's she's such a 
likable character, such a likable actor, and she's there to be a pain in the ass and then get kidnapped. Like it's it's fucking insulting to such a such a great actress. But I also wouldn't have bought the character if all of a sudden Annie decides I'm leaping into the fray mm. because that wasn't yeah, the character. But, I mean, maybe the idea, better idea, was to cut her loose. The better idea was to not make Speed Two. True, <laughs> but when you're four hundred, when you make four hundred million, you know they're going to do it. I feel like if it had been Keanu, it, the Jack and Annie thing might have had a chance to work more. Go back into the same old roles. Go back, and you might have been able to rewrite. Develop, a bit develop more. the characters develop a little bit more. They know each other a bit more. They're more sort of side by side in a way. In this one, because give her some special skills that somehow yeah. become useful on the boat. Yeah, yeah, computer skills or something. Yeah, you know, like Geiger's involvement with the computers. She could have potentially played into that. Yeah, you know, um, being helpful they introduce in that, that respect. So I, skate shooting thing and then never come back to never it. Never use like, it. There's I just feel like if it, if it was if it was her and her and Keanu Reeves, great. If it was her on her own, I just can't see that working. If it was her with Jason Patrick, obviously <laughs> that didn't work. So, I mean, they were pushing shit uphill. As soon as Keanu dropped out, I don't know whether he dropped out late and everything was all in motion. But as soon as he drops out, I think you got to fucking. Or if it was take the foot Keanu the and Jason Patrick. Well, hello. that might have been a bit more interesting. <laughs> trying to outdo each other. It awesome. was, look. I think you'll find that the wheels were probably in motion. So when he left, it was kind of like, shit, we've got no choice. Mm. Um, but if it was me, even if I'm running 20th Century Fox and he pulls the pin, I'm saying this goes into turnaround for a while. Yeah. And we re-look at it, we re-evaluate what we can possibly do with it. We look for a more charismatic star. You know, oh, yes, we do Keanu. something. Are you free in 12 months? Because we still have $12 million here for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, but I think Keanu made men- mention something about this a while, not, not that long ago, I think, in an interview, stating that because everyone said he, he, he bolted because he was on tour with his band. Yeah, it wasn't. But it he was said that movie. wasn't it at all. He said it, he, well, said he, he went on tour movie. with his band after he'd already said no because the, the script was not up to it. Yeah, but I think if he says, I come back, and I want rewrites, he gets the rewrites because you're paying yeah. the bloke $12 million. Yeah, he probably does. Um, I mean, he, yeah, was, he, was he doing, just they, established himself with speed. He was doing another movie as well, which, which got brought up. As you said, everyone said he went touring with Dogstar or whatever he, whatever he did. Dog but, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he went, he went on tour with Dog Shit. And then, but I think, he did another, I think he did another movie and then, as you said, then went on tour after that. But, it wasn't that one that he accidentally signed up to that he shouldn't have? Remember that one where he was a serial killer? <laughs> Possibly. I think he might have accidentally signed up to Knock Knock too after watching that one. But I don't know. He's got a someone's forging his signature all over town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's get back off that that sort of shit and get on to. They, Can we get back to they, the opening scene, Adam? I don't think we've. I don't oh, think we've yeah. kicked it enough. I don't think we've dissected it enough. I mean, aside <laughs> from right. the aside from the generic motorcycle sequence, me and you were quite <laughs> perturbed that. Somebody thought it was uh, when when you're running a racket that's smuggling computers or stealing computers, you might want to be a little bit low key. But some brave, some you know, bright spark has decided to do it in a whippy van. 
Uh, and they're just chucking uh, empty boxes off yeah. the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as you were saying, Jared, does it really require a high-speed chase? Can't we just rock up to their house until we follow them home? <laughs> or something like that. require the high-speed chase? Yeah, they've got a van full of computers. We don't know if they're, you know, if they're if a threat um, in terms of, you know, are they going to be firing guns at people? I wouldn't think so. They've just got a van full of computers. Ugh. They're probably going to take them and try to sell them somewhere. So let's just, you know, let's just keep it low key and tail them, maybe. Be careful. <laughs> be careful of a two-scoop cone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the captain says, fuck that, send Alex in on the cycle. Get him on their hammer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, Alex radios in with, but there's bombs in those computers. I know it. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, when you're stealing a bunch of computers, you might think, you know, we'll just get a normal looking car so we blend in. No, no, <laughs> I've got a whippy van. It'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cracked up when he was being attended to by two ambulance officers, and then just brushes them off to go and have a chat with them. Like after yeah. the dive, such a hero. <laughs> I also enjoyed uh, any action sequence that takes the time to have a bloke holding up a slow down sign, and as you speed past, he also goes, "Hey, hey, slow down." <laughs> No, I think we're past that, mate. I think there's no way. <laughs> he's not respecting your road work signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, look, he's missed it. <laughs> he's just, he's got and then, through it, mate. Don't not worry. only that, but the, the cycle comes past and he does it again. Hey, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> That's giving you an extra half star, oh, Jeff. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. The entertainment uh, value is at least a half star right there. Uh, um, one of the we worst, about the- one of the worst opening sequences in action movie history when you <laughs> when you put together her in the driving test and the the exposition and then oh. that action sequence, it's a fucking travesty. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, you didn't need all that shit about how she'd met another bloke who was basically Keanu Reeves again. Mm. And how she badmouths Reeves and how she sort of They make Jack jokes about here. it throughout the movie, yeah. right? Mm. Because to me, why would, wouldn't it have been better to go on the, the cruise for whatever reason and meet someone on it? And then that could have played into the whole idea of you don't know who the bomber is, you know? Mm. It just seemed like they didn't even know each other, yet he's pulling a ring out of them. <laughs> like, like, these guys look like they met today. Yeah, the chemistry is horrible between them. The chemistry them. is just not there, and that is that is difficult to cop with someone like Sandra Bullock. Mm. They um, who, they look like they're about to break up. They do a really good job of her just going. Actually, you're not worth it. <laughs> at, at one and, point. Well, remember that sequence, Jared, that you were laughing your ass off about how they wake up in bed together on the ship. And then he gets up and leaves, and then we cut to her wandering the ship and him running over going, I, I couldn't find you. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, You left me in bed, you idiot. <laughs> well, I think her next that. line is actually, dickhead, I was next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was right. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you're right, Adam. I did have a good chuckle at that one. Yeah, oh, it was very just. silly. It was such a. Jarring sort of line of dialogue. It was kind of like, hang on, did we? <laughs> yeah, what? Were we just back in the bedroom before? Yeah. 
Like, how yeah. much time's elapsed? Has <laughs> <laughs> he come back and gone, she's not here, shit? Yeah, they missed the sub. They missed the subtitle that said, Cruise, day three. I haven't seen you. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I haven't seen you, you for a see him waking up at the bar going, oh. <laughs> and he's got like a three-day growth. Yeah, seen missing. Him, him laying at the bar. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was that whole thing about how he'd had some bad food or something the night before. Yeah, seasick yep. or bad food or whatever then, it was. And he, then he wake, he wakes up the next morning, he's dead said, there's the jig. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he was as fresh as a daisy. He was up bloody, he was up shooting, a skeet shooting, it looked like about 6 a.m. He was straight <laughs> into it. Well, I've had a day since Worst I've had a day of all time. I've had a day since the yaks after some food poisoning. I tell you what, I wasn't dancing any jigs with anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you were, if I danced the jig, I shat myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any jig that was taking place was accompanied by something fucking dribbling down your sock, mate. They're having that. They're having that first dinner. I'm like, this is the worst looking holiday I've ever seen in my life. I know. <laughs> the the people that they've got company with, hey, she's, she should have broken up with him immediately. This is where you want to take me the one yeah. time we go away. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, he says, I requested this table. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, you idiot. You fucking spoiled our holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who did he I'm say not, that he wanted I'm to hang out with? I don't even... I don't I'm not accepting your proposal on principle due to the people we've been saddled with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was interested until I had to listen to that fucking dinner conversation for the last hour and a half. Including that, that pain in the ass mustachioed guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. The joke that aged the worst in the movie was the... Um, when the singer's gone, I'm not wearing any underwear. His, oh, yeah. his eyebrows. <laughs> he's just like, oh. Oh. he's in a life and death situation. He might as well have grabbed his collar and just gone. <laughs> 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 oh. But no, I mean, so going back to the lazy writing, on, on that scene, they kick it off lightening the mood with... Large people talking about fat busters and how fat is your friend, and I'm sitting there going, Ugh. "Okay, was this supposed to be like, was this the attempt at comedy? Mm. Like, it was just such lazy writing." Oh. This coming from this coming from the man that has laughed numerous times at Eddie Murphy in the club saying, "Yeah, you know, once you start to work out, you can uh, eat whatever you want." <laughs> you want <to> knock <laughs> yourself out. <laughs> but that was more performance based from Eddie there. But the, yeah, the writing there was just so bad. You're sitting there copying about. A minute, minute and a half of dialogue from them talking about fat being your friend, and you're just like, "Oh my god, who thought this up?" It was and just see, so bad. There was the perfect opportunity to also use Sandra Bullock with the deaf girl. Mm. Like that well, could right. have been that her, been her side. Sub- well, he's yeah, off sub-plot. the boat. She, she could have been to- doing that. She 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 finds out that the, the deaf girl's trapped. She goes in after her. She speaks. The, she does the sign language. You know. Yeah. Like sign language is not the fucking only for police and the NYPD. NYPD. Like oh, well, lots, he, lots of people know sign language, so it wasn't really like it. Kind of felt like they chew. They put it in there as his sort of like. Look at him. She doesn't know that. She doesn't realise what a all these skills he's got. Yeah, well, it's that probably like, would have no. worked better. That would have been a little yeah. bit of a subplot for her. 
and they could have been working, you know, without Defoe's uh, focusing on Jason Patrick and she's working from the side somehow. Yeah, and th- I because mean, that- I thought that's what they were trying to do at one point was have her kind of having a little side, that side mission where she gets the chainsaw out and then the whole thing yeah. about the, the grenade at but the again, door. They make her look like an idiot. Yeah, she cuts the door open and stands there going, "Oh, can you get out?" Holding the fucking thing in front of her, like I don't know. That reminded me a bit like fucking Ash Williams or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, the lovable bozo. But she just, I, I don't know. It just felt, it just felt wrong. But the, the sign language should have been used more. I mean, yes. that gives them an upper hand on Defoe because yeah. he's got the upper upper hand the whole movie. Yeah. That's something that they have on on him. They can that, communicate yeah. somewhere where they can't hear or underwater or something. Yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, it, and it could also have played into the finale. That's I how so. they break free or something. She signs mm. something to Sandra Bullock or whatever. Yeah. You know, like. Because I'm still baffled as to why Geiger feels the need to take Sandra Bullock hostage. Mm. He's got him by the balls. <laughs> Just get out of there. Yeah. Where'd the yeah. plane come from, by the way? He stashed it. Stashed a plane? I thought he stashed it. <laughs> the, the, the whole boat went off course multiple times. It was in his golf bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been in his golf I was confused. Or, you know, when the when the when the plane was uh crashing oh sorry, when the boat was crashing, he just turned on the charm and fucking, you know, swoon <laughs> swooning over <laughs> some bloody he, he's hired a hired a plane and just kind of swooned his way into getting it immediately and fucking Pro- parked on the water. He programmed it from the boat. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's there going, so do you think I can borrow this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Because all that shit doesn't make sense. Mm, no. It's almost like once again you had to drag Sandra Bullock into the action in some way. So okay, let's take her hostage for reasons unknown. Yeah, no one's threatening him. No well, one's saying to him if he doesn't have a hostage, just, he won't get away. They're trying to push that crap love story yeah. over the edge. And, and in order to do it, he needed to save her because he couldn't do any. He didn't have any good conversation. Yeah, well, the returning character just gets turned into the damsel in distress. Like. Yeah. It's just yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's kind of insulting to to Sandra Bullock, but uh, yeah, it's oh, I don't know. I just like I'm defeated <laughs> talking about it. Oh, <laughs> Can I just raise to what the fuck is with the deaf girl's dad? Like, what's his problem? <laughs> yeah. He rips into her. For yeah. yeah, he really rips you're into her. Be, you're supposed to be enjoying yourself, mate. You're on a. You're on a <laughs> your mother and I are taking a cruise. We're supposed to be fucking enjoying ourselves here. <laughs> uh, I mean, the first one is at the table. She's dancing, and he, he says, "Don't bunny hop." Like what? The kid's just dancing, mate. He must have fucking attended church in bloody Beaumont when Johnny Lithgow was giving a sermon up there about the evils of, evils of dancing or something because he was really cracking down on that. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, he's, yeah, he's an absolute prick of a character who gets – who ne- none of them get – none of those characters get fleshed out. So they're basically mm. put there as kind of like people to talk with Sandra Bullock and that at the, at the dinner and yeah. then that's it. And then we get these cutaways to them – in a sort of a, a, a hallway that's kind of filling up with water or whatever, mm. or filling up with gas. Yeah. Christ, I can't even remember what it was filling up with. <laughs> so it was gas. That was when, uh, as you mentioned, that it was uh, Willem Dafuck pumping his pheromones through the through the vents, <laughs> and everybody started stripping immediately. 
<laughs> it was the defuck effect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, though, if I was trapped in that hallway, there would have been gas, all right. <laughs> would not have been coming from bloody Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's pumping the gas in and then finds out, oh, fuck, they're all passed out anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one one current person who's upright, <laughs> <laughs> and that's me just standing around going. <laughs> yeah, I think it was him. <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason behind, like Geiger himself, wanders the ship with absolute impunity. He just walks into any fucking place he likes. He walks onto the bloody bridge. Yeah. <laughs> He knows and the then does a whole drunken sailor stick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I thought it was the casino. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about his interaction with the captain? <laughs> Ludicrous. All the captain has to do is take a couple of steps back and call security <laughs> and Defoe's plan is done. <laughs> But instead, the captain stands there while he's swinging that thing that, for all appearances, looks like it's latched to the side of the boat. And he's swinging it at it. He's swinging it. And the captain keeps backing away and then lunging forward. And I'm like, just keep going backwards. (laughs) Defoe must have the strength of Jason. The pheromones. The pheromones were involved. Yeah, that's right. They kept bringing him closer. They kept pulling him back in. No, but the other thing I was saying to you, that's Defoe should have shot him. Yeah, I thought so And then just thrown him overboard. It's like cold-blooded. Yeah, the golf club. But they just, (laughs) the way he disposes of the captain is so fucking laughable. (laughs) You can't really get anything more than... They're a bit stuck because they made it a PG movie. So let's be honest, there's limitations there that are going to sort of take away from what... Where you might want to see, yeah. But at least, I mean, yeah. if, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna um, shoot him, like sn- sneak up on the bloke and fucking, I don't know, wrap a wrap a rope around his neck or something like that. Like mm. the way that he did it was just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in keeping with the stupidity of everything else, I guess. Like it just kind of fit nicely with what sort of rubbish they were dishing up. So he kills the bloke and then. The two sisters come around the corner and he jumps in the photo with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> once again, they, they wanted the to be Sexy time! <laughs> <laughs> he goes, everyone say sexy time. <laughs> Jesus. He definitely needed less shirt on in this <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he stripped his shirt off. He's covered his leeches. <laughs> She'd be like, what is that? <laughs> he talked to them like they were his friends. That's so funny. Oh. The reasoning behind why he was doing it, as you pointed out, was just so generic. <laughs> you know? Well, the we, one thing we had that, theories about that too, didn't, didn't you say that he didn't get fired because he was sick? He got fired because we couldn't have a fucking staff party and invite partners and wives. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who ever get told before the Christmas party and not coming. 
under no circumstances are you a dead. No, oh, that'd be right. The fuck's here. He's fucking spoiled it for everyone again. <laughs> He's the sort of bloke whose secret Santa gives a dildo. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think in two minutes we've just concocted a far more interesting backstory than he got. I need to see the action movie now with the disgruntled ex-employee who got fired for bringing the dildo into the Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) The memory montage would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Tagline, you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. We better start writing this right away before someone jumps on the idea. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but um, it's really generic. And part of what makes Dennis Hopper really good in the first one is that whole idea that you're not 100% sure why he's doing it for a large portion of the film. Yeah. Until it slowly he slowly unravels it. Whereas Geiger gives him the drum about 25 minutes in or 40 minutes in or something, he comes yeah, across quick. Patrick and gives him the spiel. He does. I'm like, that's not really necessary at this point. Mm. He's supposed to be a shadowy figure. Yeah. And at least, you know. I mean, he was wearing bright pastels, so he probably <laughs> a bit shadowy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can't hide in the shadows with that hair. Yeah, I'm sure he had a pink jumper tied around his neck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, yeah, but you're right. Like, it, it takes away any chance for the characters to kind of work any of it out by themselves. And even that would have been boring anyway because Jason Patrick knew everything. But, yeah, it, it, all of that stuff was just done in really quickly. Exactly. He's also walking around with a uh, something akin to a power glove at one point. Uh, when he's, yeah. Remember when uh, Patrick's smashing at the window and he kind of lifts up like kind of the little wristwatch computer and starts and does something on there. <laughs> so that is that is never a good look. I mean, it didn't work for if, it, no, if, if Freddie can't make it work, who can? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not a good look. And also, that was technology that didn't exist. <laughs> so let's, you know, <laughs> no. let's get away from that sort of bullshit. Yeah. My last two dislikes are both centred around the finale. The finale, for all its technical skill, in terms of $25 million to actually wreck the joint, it is so slow. Like, there's the, it as it tr- runs over everything, I keep cutting back to, you know, bloody Scotty, the oh. the captain guy laying on the ground looking at the speedometer going, five knots, four and a half knots, four knots. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, it's got to stop. Because it hits the tiniest boat ever, uh, slows yeah. the whole thing down. And they make everybody passive. Like, the job, that it, it, whatever they've done to try and slow it down has already been done. So they stand around for what feels like about fucking five minutes. <laughs> everybody just looking at 
looking and seeing what they're running over and going, oh, I hope we slow down. That, like, um, that poor, poor, those two poor blokes on the paddle boat. Oh. <laughs> I would try to, <laughs> those things don't go faster no matter how hard you push. <laughs> I had never had a hope. Yeah. yeah, no, but you couldn't have seen that thing from a, you know, a fair distance off. <laughs> Thinking, that looks like it's heading our way. Do you want to just duck over yeah. there a little bit? Yeah. They play that for laughs so much. The real estate agent, the, yeah. the dog's barking and runs away. Well, that's it. The guy with his paper bag of groceries well, that he's taking onto the boat. And uh, that's actually one of the worst parts about it. It's like it's they, 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 they play this absolute oh. carnage. An entire yeah. fucking city port is wrecked by this ship. And it seems to be for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, I looked at there, and they're all like cheering at the end of it. They would have mur- they would have killed like a fifty to a hundred people with that emergency break into the beach. Yeah, at someone, least. Yeah, and what the, was um, <clears throat> I looked up? I looked up how long it takes one of those things to stop. And it takes it takes about twenty minutes to slow down one of those boats. Yeah. So I. Pretty sure it wouldn't have stopped as, because it, got, it hit a boat or two on the way through. I can tell you, it felt like 20 yeah. minutes when they were doing it. So. <laughs> Mate, the final dislike for me is bringing back the guy who Reeves stole his car in the first movie and used it to get on the bus and wrecked it. Yeah. Bringing him back to have his boat stolen was just like... Why? He was an absolute bit player in the first movie. Yeah. A bit player. He's on screen mm. for maybe two minutes. Why would you think that an audience that was interested in speed would be absolutely hanging to see this bloke again? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But they also they also turn him and his his girlfriend into I mean, they're just sitting there spouting off What's happening? Yeah. There's a couple of bits where Patrick's lining up and he shoots the harpoon and they scream out, he's going to shoot the plane. Then he starts reeling himself in. And, oh, he's reeling himself in. Yeah, oh, we can see this. Like, why are you telling us this? <laughs> we don't need that repeated for us. That was ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just silly. Yeah. But, you know, even that, that you know, harpooning the plane and stuff, that's classic action movie shit. I mean, we bought John McClane fucking surfing a plane at one point yeah. after he chased it on a truck and done all this sort of stuff. But Ugh. the whole... I didn't need the commentary. Like, I could see what it was and I could see what he was doing. So <laughs> I was okay with that. Even though the, even if the action scenes are dumb as dog shit, if you cared about the character, like if you liked the character, sometimes you can let that shit slide. Hence, John McClane yeah, leaps off a fucking plane. We actually like John McClane. Entertaining and 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 you know it, it gives you sort of what you're looking for. That was bordering on it. I mean, fuck, I could have I could have copped that if it was a better done sequence, if it was more exciting the way it was shot, if we didn't have people narrating it as that went. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. Everything but also, was, everything Jason Patrick's still a cipher by the end of the film. His character is still a one-dimensional nothing. So even though he's doing yeah. this heroic moment where he's shooting the harpoon gun and chasing down his, um, the villain with his girlfriend in, you know, who's in held hostage, it doesn't sort of hold any weight because yeah. we don't even know the guy. 
Even when he tried to add a bit of dimension, the, the callback to his um, badge number or whatever it was, it just seemed so yeah. forced. <laughs> and that's true, Jared. What you said about this being probably Keanu Reeves just then had to be hastily rewritten when he pulled out, this is where it really it comes to the fore in, during those last 20 minutes where you know that these things would have possibly worked a little better if you had Jack. Yeah. So we have a connection to Jack. We know who he is. We wouldn't have needed to spew all this exposition to start with. And as the movie built, we would have still been behind him. Yeah, I think so. But Alex, whatever his name is, <laughs> is Alex Cross? <laughs> Alex Shaw. Sorry? Alex Shaw. Alex Shaw. Is Definitely just... not Alex DeFuck, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew more about DeFuck. Like we, <laughs> we, we we had more information about Geiger than we did about our hero, which is never a good recipe. And maybe it's because True, Defoe's yeah. a better better actor. I don't know. Yeah, well, we didn't. I mean, Defoe's character wasn't all that fleshed out, but that tells you you're right. We knew more about him, but that tells you how little Alex was fleshed out. Yeah, mm. and so. If you had Reeves, you didn't have to do the fleshing out, so this feels more like, yes, it was meant to be Jack Travitt. Yeah, no no doubt in my We mind. would have spent no time getting to know him because we already knew him. Yeah, no question, Jan de Bon turned up day one and someone said, Jan, um, this was supposed to be rewritten with a new character. And where is Keanu? What the fuck I was producing? <laughs> is that what he said, you reckon? Yeah, I think so. In some sort of semi-Australian <laughs> Scandinavian accent. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like, I bet. That's Will Ferrell's accent in uh, Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he came Spot onto the set on. thinking, Keanu Reeves, where is he? No, yep, he's not here. Definitely. Yeah. Oh. Right, better do some rewrites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> should, should we rewrite? Uh, yeah, just, just say Alex. <laughs> A worse disappointment than the spider from him. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah, the writer's room was like, let's call him Alex. Yep, brilliant. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> what else? Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. How do we fix it? We call him Alex. Cocaine party? Great. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you just knock out a few more pages of rewrite? Look, I've got some parties to get to tonight. I don't really have time for that. <laughs> but later on this yeah. evening, I may come back with a lot of ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I have it finished by then. Is <laughs> uh, any other dislikes here, people? No, I think that was it. It wasn't the Poseidon adventure. That it's hard to it's, unless <laughs> no. you want me to go scene scene by scene through all the action sequences. The one falling off the boat, terrible. No, it's oh. just yeah. yeah. We don't need to do that because we know they're all bad. And even that sequence where they're going underwater and winding the the turning thing to to turn the boat. Away from yep. the oil tanker, or petrol tanker, that could have been good. Again, the idea that you know you you got to hold your breath, get down in there, you know, like there's a, there's a bit of suspense that could be built up, maybe. But yep. they just they couldn't give a shit. <laughs> they just couldn't <laughs> that give a shit. That petrol tanker went up so hard. 
Oh, no. It's, yeah. I mean, they were probably 80 days into filming by that time. I was thinking, shit, let's just get this over with. Yeah, you know by then that the, the film's up shit, Craig, and you just... Yeah. What year was it made? How close is it to Titanic? 97. 97. The year of Titanic. The year after. Year after? Yeah, I think it was no, isn't um, Titanic's oh, in 97 as well? Yeah, is it? I think so. Oh, there you go. That's probably why they rushed it out. Well. Yeah, well. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think they ever... Th- I, I don't know who would have ever thought they could compete, but... <laughs> well, maybe they wanted to get into the bloody cinemas first, give themselves a chance. Yeah. They did make $4 chance, million. Yeah. Dollars. Let's not forget that. Four. Four. Oh, my God. <laughs> when they, when that guy pulls out the bag of jewels of gems from international waters, ah. the DVD of Speed Two was not in there. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Uh, all right, I think I think we. I think that was the code, Adam. I think that was code in the writers' room. We got some rewrites to do. Yeah, no worries, boss. We'll chip away at it. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Yeah, how long do you think you'll need? Oh, give us a long weekend, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, look, that's Speed 2, Cruise Control. It, look, it, it's it's false advertising. <laughs> it's fair to say, false advertising, unless you just called it Cruise Control. I think that possibly would have been a more apt title. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for details of the next film. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.